Welcome to the Fuel Lift Thrive podcast, where we talk all things fitness, no-nonsense nutrition, and lifestyle transformation for the modern-day woman who's ready to quit the diets, ditch the scale obsession, and fall in love with being strong. Hosted by yours truly, Alessia Donato, opinionated Italian, lover of all things iron, who also happens to be a certified personal trainer, nutrition coach, life coach, and owner of the Body by Less online nutrition and fitness program. So grab yourself a coffee as we get open and honest about what it takes to build a strong, fit, and healthy body and mind from the inside out. Welcome back to another episode. I am so thrilled to be bringing to you this very much needed conversation that I had the pleasure of having with stress relief specialists and coaches Charlotte and Jonathan from Wellness Theory. Charlotte and Jonathan help the human race to realize when they're healthy and well, they can be a force for good. And I spoke very little in this episode because I truly wanted to let Charlotte and Jonathan share their wealth of knowledge and wisdom. We spoke about the current mental health crisis, the stress journey and how stress impacts our emotional well-being, how to integrate self-care practices into a busy lifestyle, how to improve sleep hygiene, how we can discover more about our internal states, emotional patterns and behaviors so that we can ultimately become better humans. Really, there is so much more to health and fitness and wellness than just diet and exercise alone. And I truly hope that in this episode, it serves to bring you some practical tools to help you truly make real lasting change in your physical, mental, emotional well-being, as well as bring you clarity and hope into your life. All right. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you for having us. us. We're really excited to be here today. Awesome. So um, I'm just going to give it to you, introduce yourselves. What do you do? um, And what does wellness theory do? I'm so excited to talk about stress today and um, what you guys do, because it is amazing. And I love following you guys on Instagram and what your, your work is just incredible. So yeah, just introduce yourself. Oh, my name is Jonathan, this is Charlotte, and we are, in essence, wellness theory. So basically what we do is, uh, first and foremost, is education and coaching uh, from a holistic wellness perspective. And we help uh, people to eliminate unhealthy stress from their lives, from every aspect of their lives. Um, and our kind of big mission is for people to become aware and understand that when they're healthy and well, they can become a force for good. Um, so stepping outside of what all that chaos is going on inside and, and looking at everything in their life as a, um, as, as a whole, as a holistic um, kind of being, and then starting to look at where, where the attention needs to go to have the biggest impact on their wellness um, and eliminating that unhealthy stress uh, from their life. Yeah, a big part of what we do stems from from our background, right? So obviously, I know you know this, but for anybody listening, we've been in the the health, fitness and wellness space for what over 35 years now combined. Um, And we started very much in that kind of um, commercial fitness space. So we've been in and out of that gym environment in that setting for a long time, working as personal trainers, fitness managers, um, being responsible for different regions in different countries and programming in various different facilities and things like that. And a big thing that we noticed going through that journey, that career journey, is that all of the people we work with, whether it was members of the gym, whether it was team members, whether it was uh, colleagues, it was very much a case of the things that tend to be holding them back and whatever the thing was they were was really aiming for or wanted in their life, stress was the thing that was holding them back, right? Weight loss, stress was always a thing that made them struggle to keep it off, right? Or to stick to the lifestyle of choice that they wanted. Whether it was a team member that wanted a promotion, there was something there that was internally a struggle, which meant they were were struggling to get there. So therefore it was a different style of coaching that was needed. So every single time, year after year, just coming back and just being highlighted more and more, stress is this thing that needs our attention, 
that's like from a professional standpoint and then personally we've had our own experiences of stress and how it affects health which is uh, why now wellness theory is all about that because we just feel like somebody needs to be beating that drum so we thought why not us yeah it's amazing because I think having been in the fitness uh, space for so long and having started in commercial gym, commercial fitness, um, where sometimes it gets ignored and put on the back burner, the the whole stress equation, Um, but only now things are becoming more like holistic and more integrative and um, a more 360 approach to health and wellness. And fitness is kind of still kind of lagging a little bit behind, but it's catching up. And I think Um, that, you know, no matter what, when you're looking to lose weight, when you're looking to get healthy and fit, you can't ignore how stress and the impact it has on your life. So um, how do you help your clients um, in wellness theory? Like, how do you work with your clients? What do you do to help them? Yeah, well, we do. um, What we do with clients is we take them through what we call our four four phase human blueprint. So we work with them over a period of 12 months. And we, that allows us to really deep dive and into every aspect um, of, their, of their wellness, of their life, and to see kind of what needs the most attention and also what's going to help give them the biggest win um, with the least amount of effort to start with, to show them that how easy it actually is when they start to get out of their own way. And then also to implement um, what, what they're learning and what they're discovering in real life situations. Cause mm-hmm. I think the one thing that we found out from even our old coaching um, kind of models is we teach people and they feel good in the moment, but when they have to then take it into real life, they struggle to build that connection. And that's why we do the 12 month um, coaching program now because we get to help people experience and put these into practice, uh, put these tools and these um, things into practice in a real life environment. So that way they get to see, oh, okay, this isn't working. I'm struggling with this. How do I? How do I integrate it better? And that's kind of how we help clients on that perspective. And I know Charlotte's going to go yeah. a little bit more into the four-phase human blueprint itself. Yeah, basically, essentially, we go through four fa- four phases, right? Every everybody's journey is very unique, so it's always going to take slightly different form in terms of the specific techniques and tools that we use. But essentially, what we're looking to do with anybody we work with is get to the root cause of a problem, right? Mm-hmm. So whether they come in with um, anxiety or panic attacks or whether they're coming with just feeling lost about their place in the world and what their purpose is they're they're coming with something sometimes it's busy parents that don't know like like really how they're doing it right and they're just almost at that tipping point they're spinning so many plates and they just don't know what's next and they're worried they're going to drop them so the stress is manifesting very differently for everyone as always but what we found is we always bring it back to the same blueprint that we all hold and that's that we have a certain amount of conditioning in our system right with all the things we've learned until today um, and so we take people through what we're discovery phase which helps them to dig into that then we start to help them to reset their state right? we help them reset okay well how are they showing up what's that emotional charge that they're carrying that's, inf- that's informing their behaviors and when we start to do that and we start to help them realign their their, their nervous system and, and everything else that's going on within and their quality of thinking, we then help them move into an alignment phase, which is the third phase, um, which is where they then start to feel like everything's coming together. So those plates that they're spinning actually just feel very stable. They're not having to be the ones spinning them anymore. Actually, they're in like a creation mode where now they actually are are juggling them in, in a beautiful way that they want to and the way they choose to. And then obviously, finally, the last part of that is we help them move forward into what we call future proofing, which is all about making sure that they've got everything they need to move forward so that they don't have to get stuck on their stress journey, as it were, so they can continue to thrive and grow in the ways that they want to. I love that. That is so amazing and so integrative and it's it's so many moving parts. And um, you mentioned the stress journey and I saw one of your posts recently and I just thought, oh my God, we have to talk about this on the podcast because I think so many people when they're, they're, they're in this, this stress phase of their lives, they kind of feel like um, so overwhelmed and they just don't know like the next step to take. And I think when I was looking through the posts, I was like, oh my God, there's like these phases and these kind of different sections of someone's journey through stress. And I thought this is something that I really want to talk about and share with my listeners. So tell me about that. What is the stress journey? Let you start yeah, with that one. definitely. Sean, Charlotte, who's going to say? 
so you can get into this from, from many different angles. So I'm going to put it in a way that, that hopefully your listeners will be able to relate to. Now, the first thing here really is recognizing, first and foremost, that stress isn't the enemy, right? Stress isn't a bad thing. Stress can be a beautiful thing and help us grow in so many ways. So we're not here like bashing stress altogether. It's really important to understand what we're talking about is we're talking about unhealthy stress because we at the start of our, our journey, we've all been in on the stress journey since we were born, right? We've all been going through these little stressful experiences when we're crying because we're hungry as, as an infant. And that's that's a form of stress, right? We said when we obviously grow up, we're starting to learn, okay, how do we deal with that stress? How do we manage that stress? And what tends to happen is in the beginning, we we can just kind of cope with it, right? At the very start, it just feels natural. It's just easy, you know, yes, it's a challenge, but it's fine, I'm good with it. And then we get to a point where we just get a little bit too much and our stress starts to compound a little bit and we stop growing. That's the point when we need to start paying attention, okay? Because we, we can choose at that point to kind of get off the stress journey as it were off the roller coaster of these ups and downs that we tend to feel when we're stressed Mm -hmm. and when we choose at that point and we realize okay things are getting a bit much now you know we're not suffering too much but we're very aware that we're getting our glasses pretty full it's very easy for us then to say okay something's got to give what is that what needs my attention maybe I'm taking on too much maybe I'm not addressing how I'm feeling maybe I'm not addressing what I'm thinking maybe my work environment is too stressful and and there's some things that you can do in your external reality that can help you so at that point we, we get to choose do we get off do we make some adaptions adaptations and we actually start to to change stuff in our life or do we wait <laughs> and this unfortunately is what what most people do and often not for any fault of their own but really just because that's how they've learned to deal with it you know push through it's fine you'll come out the other side or don't express how you feel you'll be judged that's why i said there's so many different like wow. ways you know but what happens is we we don't adapt we don't choose to adapt always and at that point it then gets very hard to come back from so we end up just compiling and compounding even more stress so it adds up adds up adds up and then we get to this place that we call the tipping point Mm. right which then start to just have that one thing that tips us over the edge right I think we've all been there we can all relate to maybe that one thing that someone said and boom they got it right (laughs) maybe there's just somebody cuts you up in traffic one day and and you just lose it altogether and you don't even know why like they're just a couple of everyday obviously examples but there's so many situations like that that I'm sure um your listeners can relate to as well and at that tipping point it's usually a big wake-up call right it's usually a wake-up call to say okay it's not getting any better now. It's coming out in bursts, right? But the thing is, when we then continue, we still don't do anything, we crash, right? And we go over time, we then hit our burnout, right? And we hit rock bottom. And that's when it's very, very, very hard to get back up again. So it's almost like we get these warning signals mm-hmm. over time. And if we continue to ignore them, we will crash, right? We will hit burnout. We will get to the point of, of our body shutting down, We'll get to the point of getting sick regularly. We'll get to the point of being consumed by our own thinking, sometimes leading into um, suicidal ideation, sometimes leading into panic attacks, sometimes leading into chronic pain like Jonathan experienced. Uh, There's so many different ways it will start to manifest. And when we hit that rock bottom or that burnout phase, that's when we we then have no choice but to listen. Mm. right? And that's usually, unfortunately... It's, it's becoming more and more common to see that people get into that point. And it's it's almost understandable in a way because the world is busy, the world is fast, mm-hmm. right? And we're all trying to catch up and stay on this hamster wheel of life. Mm-hmm. And we're just not giving ourselves the time and, and the just the, the, I think the love probably is the best way to describe it, to actually be able to say, it's okay, slow down, <laughs> right? Like you don't have to stay on that wheel. You can step off, even if it's just for a minute. So that stepping off for a minute can be the difference between somebody hitting rock bottom or somebody adapting well to, to stress and actually starting to navigate it in a healthy way. Wow, that is so interesting because I think so, like you said, so many people only start to pay attention when they've reached burnout. And um, how can we, how like, how can we pay attention? Like, what are some of the ways that 
we can actually pay attention before we even hit that tipping point. But like at the beginning, right? At the beginning stages, you said like this, this autopilot, because we all, some, some of us do kind of feel like we're on autopilot um, for the majority of our lives. And we just keep repeating the same mistakes and the same patterns and the same reactions to things. And then we wonder why we don't get a different result. It's kind of like that definition of insanity, doing the same things over and over again, expecting different results. But like, how do we, how can we pay attention and actually catch where we're at early on instead of getting to burnout in your, in your opinion? Great question. Yeah, definitely. Uh, awareness is a key one here as well. It's becoming aware and just listening to those signals that Charlotte was talking about, because mm -hmm. we're, our body's sending these signals all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and the longer we experience stress, the more signals we get. And like we said, that could be, could be skin issues, digestive issues, could be pain. Mm -hmm. It could be um, an overwhelming amount of negative thoughts and um, running through mm -hmm. our head. It could be outbursts of emotions. And it's our job at this point is to kind of step back and become aware and going, okay, I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to think this way. Like why, what's happening? This is a signal that I'm starting to physically kind of notice now. Now it's a chance to kind of step back and have listen to what my body's telling me and start to become aware of, okay, I'm thinking this way. I'm feeling this way. Some, or something's happening on a physical standpoint in terms of illness or sickness. That's my body telling me, I, like, okay, my stress, everything's like, my, my nervous system is just on, on edge. It's literally on its tipping point. So it's becoming, it's having that level of awareness to step back and go, okay, what's happening now? Like, <laughs> instead of just like what Charlotte said, what people do is ignore it and push through it. It's like no pain, no gain, just fight through it. Um, and eventually you'll get the result, which you won't. And mm -hmm. it, so I think awareness, because that, that was a big game changer for me, because I went through over a decade of, um, of pain and, exhaustion and oh, just ang and anger issues for, mm. for a long, long time. And I, I didn't pay attention to any of them. I just, again, locked it all in, pushed it aside and just steamrolled through them pretty much. And at a certain point, you can't go anymore. They're going to start, like, that stress is going to stop you in the, in the tracks. And that's what happened to me. So it's that level of awareness that was a game changer for me is asking myself and questioning, like, okay, why am I feeling this way? Yeah. I think one really key important thing here is knowing that it's not normal. Hmm. It's not normal to yeah. feel that level of intensity. Yes, it's normal yeah. to feel angry sometimes, to feel yeah. sad and feel it's normal. It's okay. It's healthy. But when we have it over a prolonged period and when we have overthinking, it's a prolonged period. And when we're in highly emotional over a long period, or like John said, health-wise over a prolonged period, that's when the alarm bells and red flags should be ringing. But to, to really bring it practically uh, to answer your question, a great starting point for somebody is to just pause and check in with themselves just once a day, once a week, even if you're really not doing anything at all and take yourself for a little body scan, literally from head to toe, just close your eyes and just, just take your awareness through your whole body and see what comes up for you. Right. You might have noticed physically some tension. You might notice some thoughts showing up. You might notice some feelings coming up. That's just you acknowledging it. And I think that's a really, really um, easy place to begin because it's a very low entry point. Anybody can do that right now, even when they're just sitting with their headphones on listening to a podcast. You know, you can just pause it, take yourself through that body scan and, and just see what shows up. I love that. Um, I love that so much. And I think that it's, it's again, coming back to just pausing, right? Where in, in, where we never really do pause. Um, we're always constantly on the go. There's kind of like this, this, I don't know, maybe you can tell me if you've experienced this with your clients, but um, for me, I've noticed that there's this intense hustle culture, especially um, in the last two years with the pandemic, um, I feel like there's been people that have been thrown into the deep end with their work and even though they're working from home it's like they're they're never switching off um they're always on call um whether it's with the kids and school online or uh, meetings online through zoom like they're never really switching off and then um I've noticed that a lot of my clients are more stressed because of this it's like they just never some of them are going to bed like at midnight one o'clock because they're still working in through the night which it wouldn't be the case if they were, you know, 
working in the office. And so my question is like, how can busy people, you know, typical people that work in the corporate setting or a typical nine to fiver who has kids, maybe a lot of my listeners are busy people. Um, how can they fit wellness? Because wellness is such a big word, right? Like how can they fit wellness and slowing down, like you said, in their lives in a balanced way with kind of without feeling overwhelmed. There's like so many practices that they can do. Sometimes it feels like too overwhelming, like do this self-care practice, do that, or go and do this. Like there's just so many options, but like how can they find what works for them um, in a way that doesn't feel so overwhelming and sometimes that doesn't feel so, I would say, um, intimidating. Definitely. Um, yeah, it's so true what you say. There are hundreds and hundreds of different things people can do. And I think this is where that confusion comes in is because mm. is everyone's just saying, try this is the best thing ever. And try this is the best technique to get you to sleep or try this is the best thing for your health. And the thing is, there is no best thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's no, it, it, the thing is we have everything we need inside. We don't need all these amazing so-called new inventions that have come up. There's nothing new. Everything has been that has been done has been done and it's being done now. It's just important to realize is what's going to work for you. And also is finding that one thing, that one thing that gives you the biggest return of an investment for your wellness. Like um, I'll give you an example um, of one of our clients who was doing regularly um, in the morning, Breath, um, breath work into some mobility, into some exercise, into some reflection. And then all of a sudden work got busy, life got busy and couldn't maintain that. So it became overwhelmed because that was too much. So the key is, is what's the one thing that gives the biggest return out of everything they're doing? Um, and most often than not, it's usually sleep quality. That, that we find sleep has a direct effect on every single aspect of your wellness. So if you want to focus on one thing that doesn't cost a thing is focus on sleep quality over quantity and that's getting that um getting yourself into that good sleep hygiene to be able to have a fully restorative sleep so when you wake up you've got the consistent energy to be able to think resourcefully feel and show up in the way you want to to be more productive and creative because if you don't all of those other aspects your health your um, your emotions, your thoughts, your relationships, all these start to suffer. The more and more and more your quality of sleep is um, is not there. Um, mm-hmm. If you start to suffer with that, it does affect everything else. It's such an easy win mm-hmm. as well for mm-hmm. busy people. I yeah. can totally relate to that. So we wasn't mm-hmm. always living the way that we do now yeah, in terms of creating the space and like to, to live where we want and to train whenever we want and meditate mm-hmm. whenever we want and this kind of thing. You know, I was working more than 100 hours a week i had multiple teams and uh, like multiple teams across different countries some weeks i would fly to two countries in a week across the gcc in and out of different venues and this kind of stuff um and i was like at at my limit i was like if somebody else gives me one more thing like and then you're telling me i've got to look after myself and it's like what um but the reality was like I, I didn't have the, the space to, like John said, do like a, an hour of breath work or yeah. even long-winded workouts and all the rest of it. And and I would beat myself up. In the beginning, I was beating myself up. I was like, well, why am I good enough to do this? If I can't do it all, then, then what am I even doing? Like, what's the point, right? And, and I get that that's just, that's just doesn't help us move forward when we're in that space. Mm-hmm. So the sleep is absolute gold because like John said, it's about the quality, not the quantity. So if we can actually do something that we're doing anyway just do it better and more efficiently Mm. you're not losing out on anything so that's that's a big 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 one Um, i mean there's many things you can do but the highest return on investment is concept i love that because i have have experience with certain clients who are very type a people and they are almost kind of adapted to less hours of sleep. And they're like, yeah, you know, I'm good. Like I can sleep like five hours and I'm good. But then you look at everything else is falling apart and I'm thinking, but are you really good? (laughs) So um, tell me one thing, what, in your opinion, like what is the right amount or not, maybe not right amount, but like you said, quality, right? Over quantity. what does that mean? Like, how do you measure a good sleep, like good night's sleep, even if it's 
four hours, five hours, six hours, not eight. So, so with quality, I think, I think first, I think you need to go on how you feel, yeah. right? That, that's the, fir the first place you should be looking. In the morning, you wake up, how am I feeling? Am I feeling like I need to go back to sleep? Am I feeling energized? Am I feeling recharged? Is my body feeling relaxed and calm? They are all good signs that you've had a good night's sleep. Um, but scientifically, as it were, you can look at the quality through different kind of apps and things like that. But what we're, what you're really looking at, whether you're using a ring, we, we use the Aura Ring, uh, but there's so many apps and stuff you can use. No matter what you're using, look at the sleep cycles. If you are completing your sleep cycles, so you're going into deep sleep and you're going into REM sleep, if you're accessing those sleep cycles, the reality is, is your sleep quality is good. And the interesting thing is a lot of people that sleep a long period of time don't always have good sleep cycles, right? So it, it, it sort of then debunks the whole idea that you must have eight hours sleep or seven hours sleep or whatever. It's, it's really about the, the sleep cycles and if you're moving through them. But I would always say before you use tech, listen to yourself first. And then if you're curious, you're like geeking out like we do, then get into the tech and, and then you can actually start predicting what's going on. And interestingly enough, it was, is it last night or yesterday? I think I even said to John, I was like, my REM sleep was messed up last night, I can tell. And then I went to my ring and I looked at my data and it was, it was in the red. And I was like, I knew it. Yeah, exactly, you <laughs> become it more attuned with yeah. yourself. It took time to figure that out. But yeah, I mean, the yeah. reality is, is you know, everybody listening knows. Yeah, and it's, again, it's that same thing is it's why some people who don't have good quality sleep they tend to nap during the day and feel better afterwards it's because their body's telling them you need that extra bit of recovery so when they nap and they wake up they've got those extra bits and those extra sleep cycles they missed out on which is why people when they they sleep six hours and they feel rubbish but then they feel better when they sleep eight it's not because they need longer it's because they're not going through the cycles they're waking up too much in between so their brain's not going through those sleep cycles effectively and efficiently enough so they need more sleep to get those cycles in to recover mentally and physically whereas if you get a good high uh, like a sleep hygiene routine going and it doesn't have to take a lot of time at all is you can um, sleep five six hours and as long as the quality is good throughout and you don't have that broken sleep you wake up feeling refreshed and, um, and energized and throughout the day you're more resourceful mm. and that that feeling of i haven't got enough time to do anything that stress usually elicits you start to think, oh, I've got so much done today and I've still got like, I've still got six hours left because it's not about, you don't have enough time to do stuff is because you're not worrying, but you're not being productive for five minutes and then freaking out for the next hour about everything else you have to do before you actually be productive again, yeah. if that makes sense. So you're actually more creative and on it. So you actually finish everything and you're going, oh, I've got some spare time here. And that's because you're, you're, you've got that mental and physical um, restorative sleep and you're more aligned when you wake up mm -hmm. uh, mentally, physically and emotionally. So it's easier and it flows better. I'm sure everyone who's listening to this has woken up and had a day at some point where they feel everything just felt easy. It flowed, there was no issues. Everything just felt it was like, like amazing. That is alignment. That is your um, mental, physical, emotional alignment. It's telling you, yeah, you're, you're in flow. Whereas some days you wake up and you might only have one thing to do, but it takes you all day and you still don't get it done. And it feels hard. It feels challenging. And then again, that's your body saying you're not in a line. Like you, you haven't, your mind and body are just not connected. You haven't had that, um, that quality of sleep. So because of that disconnection there, nothing's working as it's supposed to work. Um, so it, everything doesn't flow and it becomes much, much harder than it needs to be. Oh, wow. That is so, so true. And it's, it's so interesting because we have always been told you have to have eight hours of sleep, no matter what, eight to nine, eight to nine. Um, and I also discovered about sleep cycles several years ago. And it is so interesting because I've put it to the test and I'm, I swear by the sleep cycle app with the alarm that wakes me up at the right time that doesn't wake me up in the middle of a sleep cycle. And it's so true the way I when I've completed enough sleep cycles, or at least four, um, for me anyway, a good four sleep cycles is enough for me to feel refreshed. And if I wake up um, outside of a sleep cycle, like I'm actually awake, whereas before I used to just, you know, mindlessly put my alarm and 
I would wake up so groggy and, and I just didn't know why. And I thought it was just because I wasn't a morning person, <laughs> but it's actually because I was waking up right in the middle of a sleep cycle. So um, it left me feeling groggy. Um, so what's um, some of like self-care routines whether it's evening or morning routine that you kind of recommend to your clients they could start doing that fits sort of in their busy schedule. Is there anything in particular that you like other than of course, sleep uh, hygiene? Yeah, so we actually, uh, we have like eight pillars of what we work on when it comes to wellness with clients. Um, sleep is obviously one of them. Another one is quality of thinking. This Ooh, is a big one. Um, yeah, because like reality is, is we all know that nutrition and exercise you know, contribute to our wellness, right? So those are two of our pillars, yeah. um, nutrition and movement. Um, but the reality is, is like the ones that don't get talked about enough are like the quality of thinking, taking action towards the things that we actually want, um, emotional well-being. I think they're probably the most neglected. Um, yeah. And also hydration, it kind of comes under nutrition as well. That's a biggie. Yeah. Um, but those are, the, those are the main ones because when we start to look at how we're operating, like we said at the very beginning, we help people look at what's going on at the root. If we just try and change up our routine, we're sort of playing on the surface level of health and wellness. Okay. It's like, I'm going to change my routine and then I'm going to get a different result. Awesome. You will probably for a week or two. If you're lucky, maybe 30 days or, or three months mm -hmm. if you're lucky. But the reality is unless you're thinking and the quality of your thoughts and your belief systems and the, the, the patterns in your life are aligned and clear, you're not going to create any kind of lasting change in your world. And I'm sorry for anybody listening, I might have just burst your bubble, but the reality <laughs> is we see it all the time, this yo-yoing constantly. We lose weight to go to, for a wedding and then we put it back on again. We uh, make money in our business and then we don't make money in our business. It's like these constant back and forths, mm. right? And, and we can avoid those things by getting to the root of an issue. And often that is within our quality of thinking and in our emotional well-being, because over time, because of all the busyness we've come to learn that it's okay if we ignore them or don't pay too much attention to our quality of thinking and our emotions right because you know we've got this far <laughs> and we're okay and so when we start to align those elements with our physical body that's when we can actually start to to make that that lasting change so those eight pillars um, are, are really the key did I actually say all eight you yeah, mentioned a few of them. <laughs> you mentioned most of them. Uh, well, one was one is energy as well, but we've yeah. already spoken about energy, and that's yeah. kind of a byproduct of everything else. That just that be that that's that's just there yeah. if everything else is looked at. Whereas a lot of people tend to focus on energy um, first, is by obviously doping up on caffeine and energy drinks and other stimulants. Whereas by sorting out their sleep, their emotions, their quality of thinking, mm -hmm. energy becomes a consistent byproduct of all that anyway. Yeah. There's a lot of talk on mindset now, which is great. Um, what do you think, what, how do you think that we can start paying attention to our quality of thinking? Because we hear a lot about like positive thinking and affirmations, um, ways to kind of reinf like reinforce, you know, a positive outlook on life. Would that be um, something that we can do? Or is that a little bit too kind of, again it doesn't go deep enough <clears throat> it definitely doesn't go deep enough right so this is one of my favorite topics so keep, keep me on time here so i want to be respectful of the listeners here. yeah um, the, the reality is positive thinking has a place affirmations have their place um you know but the the reality is is if we continually to deny ourselves of what's going in in the negative realm and we just start just every time something negative shows up we think positive or every time we say an affirmation, we're just wishing it was true rather than believing it was true. There's a very big difference in how your reality is going to play out. So what we, all, what we are big advocates of here is about resourceful thinking. When we can learn to think resourcefully from a place of resource, which is inside of you, right? When we start to actually connect with that and, and listen to the dialogue, right? It's that we're not there to judge the dialogue. We're there to just listen and say, okay, well, is this serving me or is this not? Me believing that I'm not good enough as I go into my meeting at work today, is that serving you or is that actually creating a result that you don't want in your life, right? So you, you've got to start to question the thinking. That's so, so important. The question, is this helping me or is this not? And if it helps you all day, every day to just keep shifting your negatives to positives, carry on. But the reality is at some point that is likely to get exhausting. 
yeah yeah it's taxing and it's not realistic you know if you're a busy person you've got probably people trying to take your energy and your attention in every which way whether that's kids bosses colleagues friends family whatever but reality is, is we need to create space for those things and to do that first we have to address our own stuff before we can start to entertain what everybody else wants from us oh my gosh that is so true I love that because I think there is a lot of you know talk around positive thinking but then sometimes it's not it's just like you said it's it's putting a band-aid it's it's kind of covering up you're not getting to the root you're just kind of wishing things or affirming something that you don't even believe and I love that questioning um your thoughts again it brings it back to awareness and um I think it's very helpful once you start becoming aware um journaling is something that I've always liked to do um to just become aware of my thoughts like sometimes I just write whatever is that comes up in my mind that day um what do you think is some ways people hold themselves back because I feel like sometimes some people can be so successful in fitness so successful in nutrition but then their inner world is a, it's just a mess and um I feel like sometimes we can hold ourselves back um from our true potential um to become the best versions of ourselves like what do you think holds people back um i think personally a lot of the time i think with people it's comparing themselves to others is a huge one that holds people back especially um, in the fitness industry <laughs> yeah, yeah especially especially in the fitness industry yeah. um yeah especially obviously now with the the, the the boom of social media and the so the inst the perfect instagram um fitness influencers and positive like mm -hmm. models on there it mm -hmm. gives an unrealistic expectation of what fitness is yeah. um and people compare themselves and when they start to do that they start to lose their self-worth and think uh oh I, I can't achieve that like to be fit and healthy i've got to look like that or i've got to be like that i can't achieve that and then what, what again they come back into that that self-talk then again they, um, the language we use the thoughts that are going through and then that starts to bring people into the the mindset and the the action taking of why bother then? Mm, <laughs> it's like, yes. it's, it's, yeah, and they, they make it look so easy. When I've tried it it's so hard, I'm not getting a result. That must mean they're, they're better at it than me. I'm not good enough. And it's, it comes back to that quality of thinking again of how people see themselves and how they perceive themselves. Mm. Um, so instead of thinking about how, like, what their strengths are, what they're good at, how good they are, they start to think, oh, these people are better than me mm. based on what they see externally. And the thing is, is everyone has, has the potential to be to be great uh, to be uh, and anything they do mm. but they need to believe in it they've got to they've got to stop that self-talk you know like that 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 destructive unresourceful thinking that um, that they tell themselves and start to think that it's not about what they're doing it's about my journey mm. uh, and i think especially with fitness fit, like it's 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 such a unique journey when it comes to going like get, achieving your goals in fitness and if you start comparing yourself to others you failed already because everyone responds differently and you've got to find the process that works for you mm. beasting yourself six days a week in the gym and eating crazy strict and not going out for dinner with friends and that like i used to <laughs> um doesn't work um it didn't work for me and it might work for some people which is awesome but it's not going to work for everyone and i think that's a key if everyone can remember that there is no one size fits all solution so you it's about not it's about, Forget about comparing yourself to others. Just compare yourself to yourself. It's like, what do you think about yourself? Yeah. How do you feel about yourself? Because mm -hmm. that's going to be the key driver into if you are going to actually achieve those lasting results or not. Mm -hmm. I'd love to just add to that another layer of why all that's happening mm -hmm. in the first place. And that's, I think, one of the things that's hold pe holding people back is that they're being driven by their emotions and they don't even know it. Yeah, like they're being driven by emotional charge that is which is fueling them to compare themselves or to think yeah. that they can or can't do whatever it is they want to achieve. But the reality is, is that's coming from an emotional place. Otherwise, you wouldn't care so much, <laughs> right? Wow. That, that, there's, there's, there's evidence that there's emotion there that needs some attention. And that could be emotion from the past that needs to be discharged and expressed. That could be you stepping into a new emotion to be able to feel what it is you do want. So I think that emotional awareness and, and emotional literacy needs to be improved for, for anything anybody wants to achieve. Because when we can start to shine a light on that, then we start to understand why we're thinking the way we are, why we're behaving the way that we are, and then eventually why we're getting the results that we are.
Yeah, I remember one of my first um, therapy sessions back in the day when I was kind of first awakening. Um, I, I remember my therapist going, emotions are energy in motion. I will never, ever forget that. And it's just, it, it's so true because we are all driven by emotions and that's actually, it's okay to a certain extent, but then like what kind of, what kind of emotions are driving our actions and our thoughts, you know, is it like a negative emotion or is it a positive emotion? And those negative emotions that cause us to reach for the junk food, you know, as kind of like a band-aid for our emotions and a crutch, or um, I don't know, sitting and watching Netflix for five hours instead of going for a walk, because we know that it's going to make us feel better, but we're like, oh no, I'm just going to sit back and be, be um, you know, I don't know, lazy or something. So I think emotions, if we just learn to become aware of them and become more in tune with ourselves and realize that they are just, it's, it's energy and it can just flow through us and out and move, you know, through us and out, then I think that would help people so much. And that brings us back to that awareness and start, you know, what we said in, in the initial um, few minutes of the podcast where we're like, stop, take a breather, just listen, do a body scan. Um, that's so true. So tell me uh, one thing, but I want both of you to answer this though. Um, what is the one thing that you wish you had started earlier in your fitness or not, not fitness, sorry, in your wellness journey, health, fitness, nutrition, whatever it is, um, What's the one thing you wish you would have started earlier now looking back? Am I going first? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so for me, it's a huge thing was, if I wish I um, knew back then, was the power of the breath um, and how it literally controls every single system in your body. You mm -hmm. can heal yourself from it. You can make yourself sicker. You can feel better. It's, and it's, it's just that power of how to use your breath optimally and effectively to get the result you want, whether that's to feel calm and relaxed, whether that's to provide you more energy. If you're, if you're doing something like a speaking event or you're going into a meeting or you're training is that, that power of the breath and you have full control over that. And like, if I knew that back when I first started training, I, I purely, I truly believe I would definitely not have suffered with the amount of injuries and pain that I suffered with over those first 10 years of my career if I knew how to breathe correctly. And um, that was a huge game changer for me when I learned that. Yeah. And Charlotte? For me, it's building upon what I've just, what I just spoke about in terms of emotions, emotional awareness, knowing yeah. that, that, like you said, emotions are that energy in motion. That energy is showing up. That energy is the difference between you losing weight or not. That energy is the difference between you getting promoted or not. That energy is the difference between you being a good mom or not, right? Like you, all of these, like every area of life always comes back to that. But I think more specifically, it's about emotional awareness and not only knowing how we feel, like you said, though, it's also knowing how do we let it go? How do we actually use it to our advantage? How do we leverage our emotions? How do we be with them and be okay being with the hard ones too? And can we even name what those emotions are? Like mm. so many people can't name more than say five or six emotions. Yeah. And that's, that's quite shocking in this day and age, right? We know which emoji to send, right? But we don't know <laughs> so how to, to, yeah. to use our language to articulate what we're experiencing. And that language in itself helps us to express it helps it to, to find its way out of our system. Yeah. So I think it, that, that would definitely be a big, big part because I was always aware that our emotion drives us and it, always aware that, you know, the reasons why people get into fitness in, mm. from that perspective, just because obviously that was the industry um, that we were solely focused on, it was knowing that people had that hot spot, had that reason why they were coming to the gym. We knew it was there, but I don't think we ever really in those early days paid enough attention to it. And I think had we known that on our own journeys and had we known that for clients in the beginning, because unfortunately, um, a lot of qualifications out there in the, in the fitness space, um, they don't include the wellness element. They include the mechanics, nutrition somewhat, <laughs> um, and the exercises. And that's basic. Yeah, there's there's lack of anything else and yeah. and i think um, anybody that's that's in a wellness journey needs to start looking at all of those areas that we briefly touched upon earlier um if they really want to create change yeah i feel like it's also a thing with not just trainers and fitness professionals but i feel like sometimes even clients 
are looking for that quick fix, right? And they would rather, you know, they'll go all in with nutrition or they'll go all in in fitness and like hammer at the gym. But then when it comes to the hard stuff, which is the emotions and the breath, you know, like the breathing is probably to most people like sitting and breathing is boring, right? Or thinking about their emotions and journaling and meditating or anything energy centered or more holistic might feel like really intimidating for some people but then it is the missing link like I believe it really is the missing link and I feel like you can be the healthiest person you can externally you can have the most beautiful physique you could be the strongest in the gym but if your inner world is a mess or you can't deal with your emotions and you're always just you know um, spewing negativity all around you and and but you know you look great like at the end of the day that's not wellness and I, I I really like where the industry is headed and I hope that I feel like wellness is a little bit separate still from health and fitness do you think that too yes it, it is it is but I think it's changing right yeah. because even the in the commercial fitness space mm-hmm. they're, they're having to pay attention because their their consumers as it were are moving they're moving away and unless they up their game right because people are are realizing just like you've just said and and that's that's just to reinforce that even more i totally agree with what you just said there that it's pointless being the fittest person in the room but suffering inside it's just just doesn't make any but but everybody is realizing that on some level through their personal traumas and experiences through other people that are speaking about it podcasts like yours that are helping people to become even more aware you know, the, the the industry is is having to evolve. It has to. There, there's no way. If it wants to survive as a fitness industry, yeah. then it has to move into a fitness and wellness space. It has to for its own survival. Oh, 100%. I'm, I remember starting in the fitness industry and looking at um, kind of like what was trending and what was coming up like year by year. And it was always the same. It was cardio, weight training, and then mm-hmm. hit training, CrossFit. And it was literally last, the beginning of this year, I mean, or the end of last year, I was saying trends for 2021, number three on the list in health and fitness was breath work. And I thought, I've never seen that on the list. It's wow. like, okay, that's, that's, that's like, a, that's a sign of things are moving in the right direction is now start to add in mental health, emotional health into that mix now and start to, uh, to connect and get people to understand that it's all one thing. It's like, it's not separate. You can't have an amazing diet and a good, an amazing fitness program, mm. and you're not looking after your quality of thinking and your emotional health. And you can't do the same thing. You can't, you can't be focusing 100% on your mental health and completely neglect your physical health. It just doesn't work. You're always going to come back around full circle again to that pain and suffering that you've been experiencing. Yeah. There's something... One thing to look out for, and you may already be aware of this as well, is you know The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, the the legend? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, He has created something called Athleticon, which is going to be launching, I believe it was supposed to be this year, but I think it might be um, next year now. Um, It's in Atlanta in the US, but I definitely think it's going to become like the, the next big and uh, like conference as it were in in the the wellness fitness space where he's bringing together wellness athletics and, and fitness and entertainment together so he's bringing all of those three elements together because those those are the core things that, that are driving everybody's behavior right now right like in, in terms of the the well-being of the future and humanity right if if because people are choosing entertainment over exercise right we know this we're like you said yeah. we're watching yeah. netflix instead of going for a exactly. walk we're scrolling on social media instead of cooking our food for fresh you know so bringing those elements together is so so powerful and i'm really like you said also really excited about where it's all going because That's i think if we cool. can not get lost in it mm-hmm. but learn to enjoy it and be curious yeah. i think everybody will thrive and find their thing you know that one return on investment thing that we mentioned earlier like they'll find it if they're curious exactly that's so cool um about the rock i haven't heard about this so i need to do a little bit of googling um okay cool so i love this conversation i could just keep talking to you guys like for hours and pick your brains on everything wellness but i do have a time cap i don't want to keep my listeners on here too long but i do want to end this this conversation uh today with just 
asking you guys if you could just tell me what is your favorite quote and why? I asked this to all my guests. Um, so I'd love to know if you have one. If you don't, that's okay. But if you do, um, it doesn't have to necessarily be a quote. It could be like a motto or something uh, of an affirmation, whatever it is that kind of it gets you going. Yeah, I think there's so many gems out there. And I think yeah. really don't even understand the depth of the ones that we do know and that we love, you know, I think yeah. on some level. Um, but the one at the moment that's most prominent for me, and it's interesting because you, you you obviously mentioned that he was going to ask us this and, and I'd only made a post, I think it was yesterday or the day before, and I put it in the, in the post. And it was, I am because we are. And I just think that's so powerful because when we are, right, and when we really step into our amnes, and what I mean by that is really owning everything about who we are on a human level on a spiritual level on an energetic level I think that's when we have that ripple effect into humanity and we can be united and we remember that actually we are one and the same and actually I can only exist because you exist I can only be healthy because you you exist right and I just think that's so powerful it literally gives me goosebumps now as I'm saying this beautiful and it's just just so powerful and I think sometimes it's easy to forget that Oh, wow, love that. So beautiful. And Jonathan, do you have one? Yeah, I don't have a favorite one. I've got a lot. Um, yeah. which to one. So many. <laughs> um, I did pick one. Um, so obviously one is from a guy called Jason Silver. And the quote is basically, once we realize the extraordinary power we have to compose our lives, we'll move from passive conditioned thinking to being co-creators of our fate. And the purpose of that is we have the power to create the life we want. And we need to get out of that thing of that victim mentality of blaming everyone around us and looking for the external thing to help guide us to where we want to be and start creating what we want instead of waiting for it. Oh my gosh, you guys, that is so inspiring. Wow, I love that. I hope you guys that are listening love that as much as I do. Um, it's been so just such an honor to have you guys on here. Um, where could my listeners find you um, and connect with you? So they can find us on Instagram at wellness theory, or they can go to the wellness theory.com. And um, if they go to the wellness theory.com, they can do like this free assessment tool that we've created where they can actually assess their wellness in those eight areas that we mentioned earlier. So if they want to know what is like the, the place that they can start now, to maybe think a little bit more holistically about their own wellness they can go on there it's like takes you five minutes to do you'll get a personalized report you'll get a bunch of free videos and um, really just as our gift to anybody that wants to go and co-create their own future and their own fate and their own health and that's there for them if they want to amazing I'll, I'll definitely be putting the link in the show notes to um wellness theory's website um and again just Wanted to say thank you for coming on here and hopefully maybe we could do another episode sometime soon or, um, you know, connect in any way. Um, thanks, guys. It's been such an honor. And I think this has been such an important conversation to to have. And uh, and I just yeah, I'm, I'm just like, oh, I can't wait to publish this. So um, I will I will speak to you guys soon. And guys who are listening, thank you for listening and tuning in. If you have any questions, please reach out. Um, and if you want to connect with Wellness Theory, please go ahead and go and support them. What they're doing is incredible. Their pages is so inspiring. And yeah, and that's all for today. And I'll speak to you guys in another episode.